This is the Dennis Miller Option. Your source of opinions, stories, and laughs from comedian and inactivist Dennis Miller and his guy Friday, Christian Blatt. What's up, Hiroshi? Let's light this candle. Ladies and gentlemen, Dennis Miller. Hey, folks. Welcome to the Dennis Miller Option at the Aura TV studios today. Let me give you an address so I can put myself in harm's way. (laughs) Um, I'm Glendale. beautiful here. I love being here. Yeah, there's a high building across the street with great sight lines. Yeah. See, it's right through the window. There's a bird's nest actually right on top of it. <laughs> you know, when Christian came back from the Russian wedding, he was two inches shorter and he was proud of his new man liquor Carcano. <laughs> so, oh, sorry, it's Lee Harvey Oswald. Um, so I was just taking a, a, a whiz break before we started the show and Larry King now bathroom and uh, there was a picture of the Jonas Brothers on the wall oh and it reminded me that today is day 147 of the Nick Jonas <laughs> Priyanka Chopra <laughs> nuptials um, let's see I usually get a text today's at poolside they're having a, a, a traditional Grossinger's Catskills game this one a little twist for the Indian kids uh, called Shwarma Says <laughs> so I'll be out there for that and then I think tonight under the lights we're going to play play a little pickleball with the disembodied head of the infidel so uh, <laughs> that's day 147 and uh, Priyanka is so welcoming to all of us uh, when the cameras are when you're in love, you're in love. Oh. Didn't the other brothers just got married to what the midget from Game or the I'm sorry, the less than tall guy from Game of Thrones <laughs> got married to the one Jonas brother. He uh, he married the actress who also is the most recent iteration of Jean Grey from the X Men. So her name's Sophie Turner. So that's how I'm aware of this. That's all I knew about her before I saw the X Men movie was that she was married to a Jonas. All right. Um, do you think? Do you think the? Ma- I've heard rumors that the marriages are for uh, publicity purposes. Do you believe that? I don't know about you know those specific marriages, but I, I, I'm sure it happens often. Who do you and think is a, a marriage, a celebrity marriage that just? Uh, uh, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston. I never bought it. Oh, <laughs> never bought it. Yeah, <laughs> he's a nice guy. But uh, oh, okay, well, I, I like him. I would. No, I do. I, I do I, like is there not a wedding that might be fake? Uh, which one? Uh, people always say they do it for publicity. Is it really? Does somebody actually do it I'm for publicity? I mean, I, I, obviously the, 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 the relationships sometimes that go on a long time that you feel like those are fake, especially when, you know, maybe the person might be closeted. I feel like Cameron Diaz was married to somebody at one point, and I, I, I feel like it was quick and uh, not no, real. Feel, you weren't saying the guy was closeted. No, 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 Jeez, well, you, excuse me for misinterpreting <laughs> you finishing the D in closeted yeah. and then Cameron Diaz. going into the C. Yeah. In D, yeah, yeah, there, isn't a, there, there was less space in there between the D and the C in our nation's capital. <laughs> Look, I'm in a sham publicity marriage, obviously, because that's the only way you could explain yeah, my wife not being married to me. Uh, call, call Pat Kingsley because you're not getting enough ink out of that. <laughs> All right. So what are we going to do? I just drove. Now, let me ask you this. I had a philosophical question yeah. um, on the uh, 101 heading in from my palatial state up north. Um, why do I have to pee so much? No, that was a pragmatic question. But um, I was watching people... Uh, driving 
And it's more on, and more often than not, so mislabeling it. It's a surprising number who text while they drive, right? Yeah, like a I, surprising number that you didn't think you'd get to. You thought you'd see an idiot teenager once in a while. Yeah, but uh, I what? I, it's a two-hour drive. I'd say I saw four people. Yeah, uh, that's a for me. That's an odd number of people who are literally on a freeway. What are the freeways out here? I don't even know that they're, they're they're called taxways. No, I don't think anything's free in uh, L.A. <laughs> but uh, probably doing 60, 65. And, you know, I'm, listen, it's not Lombard Street in California, yeah. but you got to pay attention. Especially the big thing on there is not the, the curviness, but uh, traffic's such an odd. It reminds me of those dragon uh, in Asian parades in Chinatown, the sure. dragons that <laughs> like it, it's all kind of connected in some weird way. And then traffic happens quickly where red lights start to go on. And if you're looking away for a second, that's where you could rear end somebody, I think. Um, it really piles up. Yeah, quickly and oddly. And uh, it kind of waves over. I, I'd be interested in seeing some sort of physics study on how that happens. And uh, the increments that lead you to, like, if you're away for a second and you look up, even if it's the radio, yeah. you can kind of have to hit the brakes harder. So anyway, I saw these four people and I was thinking, now they're all on, uh, and I, they, none of them were kids this time. And they were all texting, like, intently. And I guess a lot of texting is probably work now. And I was, it made me think of what is dumb and what is smart. I, I think the world, I think we're in an era now where... We've completely flipped what's dumb and smart. Like, that person could have been on there doing a really good, adept, hard-to-do numbers job, i.e. they're smart. But isn't it superseded by some stupid blind spot where you feel like you can take a two-ton piece of metal and make it go 65 miles an hour around other people yeah. and look away from your contact with the road? That's just dumb to me. And I don't even get to the second story where they go, oh, it's a super smart person being dumb. I go, they're fucking it. They're just an idiot. So can a smart person, as, as we, and you've been in college with people who were smart and you thought, what are you fucking, this person's a drip. Uh, but um, what, what it matters smart wise to you? Would it be the person who's smart enough and maybe not, uh, you know, hardly a, a Buckminster Fuller type? Um, uh, who just refuses to look away at a small screen while they're driving a car. That's smart to me. Yeah. I think people get more uh, comfortable with it because, uh, like me, I have a driving app on my phone that it gets updated, whereas the one it built in my car doesn't. So I will uh, I will have to hit it sometimes. And, yes, while I'm driving, I don't think I'd be driving 65 on the, uh, on the 101. But you certainly it. have it up in eye level, right, so where it's a quick reference? Or right. It's, holding a, it's it a down quick there well, your, No, I'm not going to look down, down there. No, no, no. But I've it, had it, drivers, if you can believe that, who do it for a living. Uh, not a lot. Most of them yeah. get it or they've gotten it by this point where I've said where they'll start texting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I got to tell the main office. I'm like, well, no. then you have to pull over to the curb. Yeah. Yeah. And they go, I'm just calling you. I go, no. I, I, swear no. to, I go, how did I end up in your fucking <laughs> job? I don't want to work I, in that fucking company. I'm, I just, they hired a driver. They sent you. I'm the, I'm the package for better or for worse. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm asking you to pull. I'm not even saying don't do it, that that's silly that you have to stay in touch 
with, uh, you know, the, the hub, because I'm in the car yeah. like Reagan's moving at the Washington <laughs> Hilton. Wow. But if you do the have to do it, yeah, that, that, they're doing that. And I'm thinking, what, what did they think? They sent him to my house. I just said, all I've said to you is pull to the curb. I don't care how small it is. I don't want you to, all these deaths you hear. This is the gentleman with the driver. Yeah. This is the last time I was here. <laughs> this is. Uplifting. It all, it all, ha you know, he says to me, I'm just looking at every wreck happens in a second. Yeah. It's not like a time-lapse photography where you're watching the dresses in the window change <laughs> like Rod Taylor in, in Time Machine. It, <laughs> it happens in a second, and it's all the shit. The Titanic, in essence, happened not in a second because it tore down the side, but probably in six seconds. Yeah. And they always act like, well, I'm just looking away for something. Well, that guy who didn't see the iceberg was texting, and that was part of the problem, the way I understand it. Oh, I used to do that joke. The guy <laughs> up in the crow's nest. Like taking a selfie. <laughs> oh, that must be where everybody go. What's that over his shoulder? <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, but it's not even like actual texting. Like I had an Uber driver in Vegas who decided to show off his DJ skills and all of his music was on his phone. So no. we're driving and he's like, oh, you like this one? And then he turns up. I'm like, no, I, actually I don't. Mm. Could you just drive? That's oh my. So you end up under a Kenworth decapitated like yeah. Jane Mansfield because this fucker wants to throw <laughs> Edgar Winters Frankenstein from the front speaker to the back. <laughs> watch, watch me flick it. <laughs> All right, fucking Skrillex. You got carpet, giving me carpet tunnel. Yeah, now isn't it? Let me, let me bring this up. I brought this up before when I was in this space. I am telling you as I've got older, I've gotten shy about, uh, I'm, the best I operate is when I'm alone in a room. Right. Because I, I love both of you. So I didn't know Lindsay Liss. I don't want to act uh, condescend. But I've right. grown so <laughs> fond of her. She's sweet. Yeah. And, you know, you I love like a son. And uh, to think that I, 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 you can see I have trouble meeting eyes with you. Yeah. Right? There's wow. something about... Uh, Something about creativity that has become a, solit a solitary process. Well, there's, solitary. there's something in my deal about how I can only make eye contact with you for about three seconds and then I have to yeah, look away. Yeah, you have a little trouble yeah. with it, too. Yeah. I think that's why I know you do. we have I an affinity like for each other. <laughs> but yeah. but it is, I don't want it to reflect on anything no, except no. there's something. Honest to God, when I'm alone in that room, I would say almost anything. Uh, <laughs> I feel like so alone and, and it feels so fun to me and I really feel like that you can't believe you're talking into this little mm -hmm. wee Wizard of Oz head and, uh, and the people across the world and I think we have one or two in Denmark yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. those are my those are, those uh, are my called people. the melancholiest <laughs> names <laughs> wasn't that the name what was that Billy Corgan Mel Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. That, that was his party record. <laughs> oh, man. I hosted the MTV Awards when he played that with that orchestra. Oh, wow. That That's song. Tonight, tonight. Yeah. That is, wow. yeah. And we went to that. I told you we went to that party afterwards. With, with Billy Corgan? Yeah. I'm in this crazy sort of like, um, it's like, I remember we were under a huge 
skyscrapers. They held it down in the bowels of a skyscraper, and there were these long corridors, and they were lit like with the like the power is about to go out on the Poseidon. You know, the lights were flickering. It was all green, and this was before <laughs> shitty bulbs. They must have tinted the bulbs because now everything's that curly Q incandescence oh, yeah. that you save the planet. But if you drop it, you got to break out the fucking Hurt Locker suit and the chopsticks to pick it up. But uh, so Billy and I are down there in this corridor and I remember uh, uh, we, we see that goofball uh, Charles or Victor Manson what the fuck Marilyn, is Marilyn Manson, Manson. Yeah. Victor Manson. Davis Manson <laughs> Wait, Wait, I've invented a character <laughs> I'm sure VDH would be up then playing. Persia came over here and went into the desert with the Ottomans it's Persian Ottoman yeah, it's also Hawaiian. It's also Asian. It's I'm all, just trying it's to say, I think there was something called Ottoman Turks. Yeah, the Ottoman Turks. The they Ottoman were Empire. square and squat, yeah. and you could put your feet up on them. <laughs> yeah. And so you meet Marilyn Manson oh, at this party? right. Pale white uh, comes yeah. up, you know, it's like. Yeah, you know, the whole way down the hall, I'm thinking, Christ, yeah, it's like if he try hard. Yeah, it's like if the guy from The Cure did sit-ups. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Billy says, this is Marilyn, and I go, hey, what's your name? I can't call you Marilyn. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, Marilyn. I go, yeah, but I just it's just guys here. What do I call you? I can't call you Marilyn Manson. Did he tell you to call him Manson? Or? I thought he'd just give me a name and go, it's yeah. Eddie, it's a stage yeah. name. Yeah. And uh, he, he wouldn't budge, and I just uh, I just remember thinking, just shut up, let them talk, and move on, because <laughs> I can't go. Wait, hey, Marilyn. Now, would you call Alice Cooper Vince? Oh. Um, let me see. He legally changed him. his name to Alice uh, for, of course, oh, marketing did? reasons. Yeah, because when the band went solo. I golfed with him, and I can't even remember. I felt so collegial with him. I can't. I, maybe I went man with him. You could also call him Al. You know, I think people might refer to him as that. So. He was blown away that I knew his time in high school for the cross country. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, he held the record for a good 18 years yeah. at wow. Vincent Fournier. In, in Phoenix, I believe. Yeah. Where he grew up. So, yeah. And I said, when you run cross country in Arizona, you're running cross country because it's fucking <laughs> hot. <laughs> but he was such a sweet guy. I think I might have called him man. And people, I think people think man for me is distancing. Yeah. It's the ultimate closeness. <laughs> I mean, literally. I'm If I had a parrot on my shoulder, I'd be Beretta. <laughs> was he the one who had a parrot? Yes, on it was shoulder? Beretta. Do you think he had the. Well, when they came back from the, the alley. And he's. What? Check for one. What? Check. But you, where's Bonnie? You came in with Bonnie. What? Bonnie's not I mean, eating tonight. What? I mean, Robert Blake, that's the best attempt at an alibi ever. It's like, I couldn't have shot her. I went back into the restaurant because I forgot my gun. It was like, well, you say you're saying you had a gun in your hand. At least at least OJ was like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I went to sleep. I, to, I think uh, Seinfeld had a bit about like, yeah, because you need to rest up for that long flight. To yeah, that's what it God forbid you catch a nap before you get on the red eye. That's what yeah. Don't go to lunch with no price on your head. And, you know, he's the Santano boy in uh, uh, Treasure Sea Armadre. 
Robert Blake is. Yeah, the little oh. boy who comes in. He means to miss that you won, you won. And I he, he hits him at one point. But they, you want 50 Santanos. <laughs> and that's Robert Blake before even the R Gang. Looked. Oh, it's even before R Gang. Yeah, oh, just wow. a, a little tiny boy. You can see it, though. He looks like, uh, yeah. and you know, even then you can see someday that kid's going to grow another three inches. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. Um, Electric Eye and Blue, great film, by the way. And one of those coolest uh, montages ever when he's getting dressed to go. Uh, be a traffic cop in essence and, and, and more like a chips cop is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals if so BetterHelp online counseling is there for you BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who are specialized in issues such as depression stress anxiety relationships grief self-esteem and many many more Connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. Anything you share is confidential, and it's so convenient. You can now get help on your own time at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. If you're not happy with your counselor, you can request a new one at any time at no additional charge. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. And Dennis Miller listeners get 10% off their first month with discount code Miller. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash Miller. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. Betterhelp.com slash Miller. Oh, I have to tell you a joke that somebody told me. Not a joke. I'm on the phone with a guy. I'm doing a gig coming up. I won't name the gig because I don't want to get the guy in trouble. But he's a business guy and I'm performing for his company. So I'm on the phone with him and uh, he says, how funny is this? Like, I had to be resuscitated. After a few minutes, we're getting on well. And to me, this is funny. But I know in the world we live, this is the end of the world. But uh, he said this was the day after the first Democratic debate. Mm -hmm. And he said, did you watch the debate last night? And I said, I watched bits and pieces of it, but it didn't hold me. He said, yeah. Um, I want to get it right. Uh, he said, yeah, I watched it in bed with my wife, and it was so boring, we made love. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, God. That's great. Jesus. <laughs> I'm on the phone. I don't even know him. You know, like you can protect a yeah. friend like I'll have to do for you from earlier. But uh, I don't know what you're talking about. The, uh, the, but, you know, you can say unguarded things. To, I know, folks. I know none of us do. We're with our friend. We act like the whole world's listening. I, I get it. But, you know, you have friends who you say stuff with. And that is beginning to me to be the uh, the the definition of friendship. <laughs> In the, in the new world order is somebody you can talk candidly to and, and not end up in prison because we certainly live in Orwellian times. But uh, he had only known me two to three minutes. Oh, that's great. And that I said to him, he said, no, maybe I should. And I said, brother, it was a joke. I, oh, do you not hear me dying over here? I said, it's one of the funniest most cathartic things I've heard in a long time. I said, I'll tell my wife that. Do you think it's too Don Mar I said, I told my wife she had, she had to, I had to resuscitate her. She's laughing so hard. 
What a fucking world, huh? Uh, so you also mentioned that you met Rogan, though? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so Dana White, um, my son, what a cool cat. And by the way, Harvey Levin, unlikeliest interlocutor. I don't know much about him, except I remember he used to brace people outside the courtroom on Wapner's show. Right. And now he's the Walter Winchell of our time, right? With uh, yeah, he holds court on the the like the live version of TMZ. And I'm sure he holds a lot of people's uh, confidences in his. Uh, if he doesn't like, it, I guess you're screwed. And if yeah. he does, anyway, he has a talk show now or a one hour interview show. I oh, can't wow. remember the name. It's called Harvey Levin. Un- it's like what Joe Buck wants to be, yeah, but all he's these Democrats are trying to give stuff away, trying to get. Wait a second. All of a sudden, you mean you're picking up the voice in my head? That was Gentry. Yeah, we were t- <laughs> tuned in. Gentry's a former jarhead, and occasionally he'll wake me up and beat me for not having clean footlocker. He's sort of like Frank Sutton from Gomer Powell. Uh, I didn't think he was audible, but I hear that. Imagine 10 times a day I've got that fucker correcting me in an imaginary sense. Uh, you were about to mention one of my favorite moments in broadcasting, though. Joe Buck trying to have the interview show, and he invited Artie, Artie Lang, Lang. Onto the panel. Oh my God, folks! It's it's uh, it's it, it's it, it's Welsh in front of the UAC committee saying, "Have you no shame?" It's it's a pivotal moment in history when Artie Lang lights up Joe Buck. <laughs> I've laughed. I don't know. What's is there anything that makes me laugh harder than that? I'd have to say maybe just Ted Danson getting out of the Hanson yeah. cab at uh, two in the afternoon. That's about as that wastes me too. Or uh, Shatner doing Rocket Man in front of Bernie Taupin, who has a look on his face like, can somebody put a bullet in my head? Mars sure ain't <sighs> no place to raise a kid. Thank you. Bill. Cold as hell. <laughs> if you did, that's why I made you watch that. Because if you were going to work on this show, you need to know how that's funny. It I think I put Bowie onto that. I, I'm not kidding. Bowie. <laughs> I think I, I, I remember saying to him, "Have you ever seen Shatner do Rocket?" I mean, because I, I would assume that that's at a point where like clips like yeah, that weren't easy to get be. your hands on. I though. must be having a, a false. Uh, I was on the helicopter memory or something because I don't even think you had things on your handheld at that point. Where where could I have shown that to? I mean, I would have had a. a I think VHS I had a. a I, did, I did have a VHS of it, so maybe, I mean, but something uh, in my head. And I think Harvey Levin's show is called Objectified, and object is capitalized if it's a show that airs on. Well, Fox anyway, he's News. a good interviewer. Yeah. I'm telling. You, I saw two over the weekend. One with uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, and it was great. It was super informative. It's very well produced. I'm not saying Levin's Oriana Falaci, but uh, he stays out of the way when he has to. And then, and he's smart enough to know there's some sort of frisson to be achieved by standing in many of the interviews. I noticed that. Oh, that's interesting. I thought, oh, that must be in their style book. Not the whole time, but there are parts where you can see somebody said, stand with them, see what that yields us. And it's kind of interesting because huh. there is a phrase, think on your feet. And uh, that had to come from somewhere. So there must be yeah. something about being in an athletic pose or at least ready to pounce when you're talking. So uh, the two I saw had that. And Netanyahu was fascinating. I'm a huge fan. I'm, I told you I met Netanyahu once at the Yellowstone Club in Wyoming. I think I remember that you met him, but I don't really remember much about it. I was it. having lunch and uh, uh, he comes in. He's surrounded by five facade <laughs> guys yeah. who look like... 
Keanu in the Matrix meets <laughs> Stephen Bauer in Scarface. Of course. And they've all got shades that wrap around, and you can tell even at that point they're getting the Predator readouts on you. And I couldn't believe he knows me, but he said something in the interview that made me laugh. Uh, Levin said, what, what are you most proud of technologically? And I'm sure this was set up beforehand with the nation of Israel, because everybody thinks, well, I've, uh, I, I've got a gun that locks on uh, anything that looks like uh, Arafat. You know, like, <laughs> like you know, right. it's always that's their technology. It always ends with that looks like Arafat. <laughs> <laughs> but he held up this uh, sort of pill. It looked like butsadlin or something you'd feed a horse, big horse trank. Uh, but a pill that you can pass. And he said, you can swallow this and it goes through your system. And then they showed the printout of uh, like everything it monitors as it passes through you. And then you pass it out you're in, in your uh, uh, little southern port of Punta Arenas. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in, in the interim, it garners so much info. Wow. Uh, like uh, it would be also take the picture like the colonoscopy would. Right. I just thought, wow, that's cool. And you could tell Netanyahu was pleased to have something that prolonged life. Uh, <laughs> not that he's above killing him. He, he, he lives to croak the enemy. But uh, I think he just wanted to show another color, another arrow in the quiver. And Levin said, wow, that's really amazing. And uh, this reminds you that they're just guys, folks. They're just like us. Because he says... Uh, it's like that movie where they shrunk the guy down and injected him into the, the blood system. I'm like, Christy watched Fantastic Voyage, too. So, you know, it's like everybody uh, yeah. is living the same life, even the people you think. So the one was with him. Fascinating. One was with uh, Dana White, who I, I just know as a lovely cat who uh, whenever I've wanted to go to the UFC, for God knows, I, I you know, I don't know why, but uh, Spade introduced us originally and he's been so nice to me and so classy and i learned more about him in that uh, interview than i ever knew about i mean you really don't know people's lives until you get a little glimpse of everybody's got travails i've had one of his which was an inner ear and balance problem and it is maddening uh what are you fucking writing to your wife? Or what are you, Christ, <laughs> it's this is why I don't like to be in the room. I always assume you give a shit about what yeah. I'm saying. You're over here, Ron Jeremying yourself and doing ancient Sanskrit. Do you know you don't even fucking know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. You had an inner ear problem, just like Dana White did. I take notes so that I can write the description after the show. All lies. Oh, that's all you had to tell me. Yeah. That's all you had to tell me. I thought you were over there hitting on least, Lindsay or something. We're passing notes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, she um, didn't circle yes or no, so clearly oh, that's, that's, that's a country song. Clearly, hey, no. that interaction's over. <laughs> <laughs> so Dana um, has me there, gets me in the second row. Second row at the fight. It's wow. a huge fight, and Rogan's right in front of you. And I always hear that he doesn't like me, so I don't say anything. But he got up and came over and said, hey, Dennis, how you doing? And we had a nice little chat, and I could tell that really impressed my son. Oh. Because uh, my son's a huge Dana White, huge Joe Rogan fan. And uh, so you, you saw that it was the quickest knockout ever. Yeah. There was a guy who got knocked out in five seconds. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and, you know, the Bruce Buffer is the ringside announcer, yeah. and he always wears these crazy outlandish, <laughs> like Craig Sager type uh, tux oh, jackets. Yeah. You remember the guy who used to rest his soul? I think he's passed. He has but, passed, uh, yeah. He was the NBA 
courtside reporter and you know certain guys make this choice where they're going to wear wear the most outlandish <laughs> stuff when they're on TV and I always think it's a nice move because you want to be noticed optically what's it matter to you if you're in a sharp suit or if you don't want to do that why not dress so I, I, I get what Buffer's doing because the most outlandish, uh, it's like the state flag of Sierra Leone or something, you know, his <laughs> coat. So the guy's name was uh, Akron. It started with an A. Maybe you can look it up, Chris. Mm -hmm. I forget the cat's name. He's going up against this Cuban kid, and my son lays subtext on him. He says the Cuban kid has been eating shit from this guy for around a month now. The guy's been bad rapping him, talking him down. So the Cuban guy is taking no fucking prisoners that night. Everybody gets to pick the song that they're coming to the ring to. Sure. Yeah. He picks that heavy Mellotron vibe from Scarface. Oh, oh wow. He's coming out, a Cuban kid coming out to Scarface. I was scared shitless. <laughs> you know, it's that heavy, heavy music uh, about uh, all the Cuban people living under the highway and then, you know, and <laughs> Christ, I'm thinking he's pissed off. So the other kid looks like sort of a, you know, like a, an irascible Kelly Eek or something from Bad News Bears. And he's he's making looks at him. And the Cuban kid's just standing there like with his hands behind him, clenching. I'm sitting like two, eight feet away. I can see his hands. He goes, bing. They start. Oh, they don't have a ring. No, they don't have, actually have a bell. The ref just goes like this, and they walk towards the center. My man, the Cuban kid, takes like a false slow step. And believe it or not, it maybe, maybe could have been four seconds because he didn't just run <laughs> bat out of hell. The first step, there's a half a fake step, and then he runs, and then he jumps up high and takes his knee and puts it in. The other guy's going down in a crouch to jujitsu right. around, I guess, and just knees him in the top of the head. <laughs> Bam, he's out. I can see his eyes because I'm that close. Uh. And as he's falling, the kid comes with two rights around the Cape of Good Hope just right into his face. And you can tell he's angry because uh, they ask him afterwards, they said, what were you thinking when you put those two punches? And he said, I was hoping the ref would slip so I could get a third one in before he called it off. <laughs> They wave it off, and uh, it's over like that. It's crazy. Even Dana, who's seen everything, turns around like he's given, you know, all of us. I'm not going to say me, but this looked like, what the fuck? <laughs> Thanks and for he coming. Owns he owns it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even the main bout. Um, but so uh, the Cuban kid is Jorge Masvidal, and yeah. the other guy was Ben Askren. Askren. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he got his Askren handed to him. <laughs> like in five seconds. He's out. So I just sent Dana a thank you thing the next day. And I'm always so deferential with Dana. I think you got to make him laugh once in a while. You're always yeah. so thankful because uh, he's so gracious to me and my son. And I don't know him. You know how shy I am with yeah, people. Sure. But I said, fuck, you know, you got to remind him you're a comedian. So I said, uh, uh, Masvidal hit Askren in the fucking head so hard he thought uh, that the Buffer looked good in his tux jacket. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, I got my first big LMFAO back from him. <laughs> Once in a while, that's, uh, that sort of uh, aw shucks thing can get tired. You know, I think you're a comedian, Dennis. Man, yeah, I had people, the guy in front of me owned the biggest pot business in the world. And he kept saying, why don't you be my emissary in the United States? I said, I'm not a partaker. I would be false advertising. It's not my thing. And he's a CBD. And I go, I, you know, I use Ben Gay. Or can I call it Ben Gay anymore? Or do I have to call it Ben? Uh, ben questioning. Yeah, Ben transitioning. <laughs> I don't fucking know. It's all so uptight now. And uh, 
So, you know, I was thinking, make, I was being, oh, I have good luck with your pot biz. I said, what are you, fucking Opie? Talk to the guy. <laughs> oh, I'm shucks. so nervous, though. Christ. Enjoy the big uh, weed pie out on the window. Oh, Let it cool, man. You know who is not a partaker of any form of drugs or alcohol, but of course signed on as someone to represent a weed business? Gene Simmons. <laughs> Oh, he's he did? happy to uh, be there, be their spokesperson, Gee. even though he's never touched it. Wow. I wonder how he gets around that. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's just like a, it's it's a business, I guess. You know, because they do more than just it's like like you're talking about the CBDs and uh, whatever hemp is. But uh, yeah, um, let me buy your pen for a second. I want to make a note to myself about something. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so anyway, it's getting gussified, and it's so funny. I had dinner before I went to Vegas up in uh, Sun Valley with a friend, John Parencio, Jerry's kid. Jerry passed away, rest his soul. And uh, John has a place up there, and I had dinner with him and his lovely wife, Stephanie, and my bride, Carolyn. And uh, he was telling me that Jerry, um, I had forgotten this, produced the first Joe Frazier, Muhammad Ali fight. Oh, wow. At the Garden, maybe 67, 68, I can't even remember, but it was, uh, that was the biggest, uh, glossiest sporting event ever up to that point. I mean, that's where the whole thing about getting dressed up to the nines and making an entrance. Sinatra tries to get in late, has to get a press pass from Life magazine to be the <laughs> photographer at ringside because he wants ringside. <laughs> They can't pull it together because the ringside sold for months to high roll. I mean, really. So they get Sinatra a press pass. You can see him, I think, at that fight. Like, oh, that's great. He's even in front of the first row taking photos, and I think they turn up the next week in Life magazine. Wow. So very cool. Frank working for his supper that night. But, um, so I told John I was going down for a UFC fight, and he reminded me that. And then I got to the UFC fight, and I remember thinking the glamour is now heading that way. Because it was, uh, I don't want to say it, it's like uh, the cotillion. But you're starting to see the, you know, Halle Berry comes sure. in, the big stars, and, uh, uh, you know, everybody's dressed up. Uh, it used to be, I think when I first went to them, and I, it's not an age-old story, but Maybe three to four years ago, I just don't remember people being in their finery that much. But uh, people are coming in now, and all the the guys are all gussied up. And uh, you know, I remember thinking, isn't it neat that uh, this is the way it always was, and now it's supposed to be not like this? But uh, I could see these guys would come in with a beautiful woman. I don't know if they're. I don't even care if they're married, the girlfriend. Uh, hiree, you know, whatever you want to think about it, but there's something primal about a guy who likes to go to a fight and it's blood sport. <laughs> yeah. And he has a beautiful woman on his arm and they make the entrance and everybody's leaning in, all the guys and, uh, you know, doing that hand clasp and then they lean in and do shoulder bumps. <laughs> and I was thinking, this is still one of the last bastions of troglodytic, i.e., cool troglodytic behavior. I remember thinking, this, anybody remember when this was it, when it wasn't just all. Uh, polarized and you know you have to wear uh, you know slip covers to 
meet each other and Christ, it's so stupid now. And uh, it, was, it was cool to see. I felt like I had time machine back a little into a time where, uh, you know, the women were all gussied up and the guys were all proud of their women. And uh, it was a cool, a cool vibration. So thank you, uh, Dana. Uh, a great time. And uh, the, the final fight uh, got a little tactical, but up till that moment is one of the best cards I'd seen. Holly Holm, who God bless her, she, she went against... Uh, Amanda Nunez, who might be, I know they'll always say Rhonda, but maybe this is the next evolution. But I, have you ever seen Amanda Nunez fight? I have not. No. Fuck. She is great, man. And she is intimidating. And it's always funny to me when they have come in with their game face, some of the, uh, the women, they scare the shit out of you. Then when they win or knock somebody out, they turn into, uh, you know, Eloise at the plaza. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see the little girl on their face, you know. You just think, boy, human human beings are a strange, odd, weird mix of all this stuff in your brain and all these tendrils and atoms. And, you know, it's just such a crazy mix to think about uh, women punching each other in the face. And then you think, well, I don't know, they want to punch each other in the face. Uh, that's where I am a uh, feminist, I guess. And uh, <laughs> I, no, I'm just saying, I, I, you think, why would you think they shouldn't? And then you're thinking, well, the girls, you know, yeah. and then you think, well, that, that's kind of not the thing anymore, Dennis. So, but then they do still have that moment in them where they get explosive, <laughs> you know, and like uh, all of a sudden they're like uh, a little girl again, happy that she got a, a new doll and it was her opponent or something who she just knocked into the fourth fucking row. <laughs> But anyway, that was a great bout. And then, like I said, a five-second knockout was a great bout. And it's just a good vibe. All these sports guys. I know Dwight Howard came in dressed in some jumper set. I couldn't wow. believe his shorts. And I thought, Jesus, you better be built like that to wear that. Somebody said, you know, if I wear that, it's going to be... Hey, you skinny little... How are you skinny and fat at the same time? <laughs> you skinny little fat fuck. <laughs> Thanks. That's me. <laughs> so anyway, we had a great time, and I met Rogan there. And uh, who else did I meet? I'm trying to think. I remember one night I was there, and Army Hammer sat next to us. And oh, wow. uh, my son and he... By the end of the night, we're besties. My, you know, they, they show Army on TV, and my kid's like, oh, <laughs> like, thank God he didn't get hit, uh, hit with my inability to make small talk. And, you know, I, I, I liked Army. He was sweet, but I couldn't have said anything. Like, what do you think of the fight? I look over my kidney here, all of a sudden, you know, they're talking about uh, doing a remake of uh, Bad Boys <laughs> together or something. <laughs> All right, so um, speaking of people I can talk to and be comfortable with, and, and believe me, I'm not saying that in an elitist way. I just am socially scared of people. Um, I'm, uh, two guys I can't open up to, probably because their inability to open up to me, <laughs> Spade and Norm and I, will be at the Windstar, uh, David Spade, Norm McDonald. Got to get Spade here before he gets mega hot off this uh, talk show of yeah. his. The Windstar World Casino in Thackerville, Oklahoma, on Friday, August 30th. And uh, that's going to be a show because I'm telling you, we get competitive. And I know I'm going to want to still be Matt Dillon in town, but those are two tough guys to do better than. And I know they're thinking <laughs> the same thing. So I would say everybody's going to be on their game night that night. And uh, two guys I'll go watch. Uh, what else is up in the world, Christian? How do you want to fill out the time? 
Well, we've uh, we've got a couple more minutes uh, to do for uh, this show. So uh, I wanted to know, you referenced the uh, Democratic debates and you only watched a little bit here and there. Did you uh, did you have any impressions? Did you read about them after or did you just uh, largely stay away from because you were mostly Well, listen, I, I, as I was driving in today, are we allowed to say times? Yeah. Or is no, this, this, is, uh, yeah. this is tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. I was driving in today and I heard that Swalwell was holding a meeting. Eric Swalwell, do you yeah. know that? Uh, yeah, I know he's one of the guys running, yeah. He's the little prick. Uh, the best dial it in for you. And uh, <laughs> there's, there's some taller pricks. He's just the little one, yeah. He's dropping out today, They, yeah. I think. And I, I was thinking, he crazy. If, if everybody doesn't see the, uh, the, the Arthur... Uh, who was the dance uh, Arthur Miller? No, it was in dance school. Uh, footprints on the floor. He he was in the race to be the one who would point out that Biden was old. Yes, exactly. That's the only reason he's in. Yeah. He did his job. Uh, you know, he's sort of like the uh, the rabbit at the Greyhound track. He goes out <laughs> fast, and you know, he, he lays by not for being ancient. And now he's made his chit with somebody. I don't know who it is, but uh, some donor power. Mm-hmm. And they say, okay, you live to play again because, you know, you're you, you're not a good look for us right now. You're too close-minded and that. Maybe you mature a little. We need to know you're a guy. Are you there for us? Uh, yeah. Well, how do I prove it? Well, take Biden out on age because nobody else wants that right. task right now because you got to fight the ageism thing. So Swalwell is uh, dropping out, but mission accomplished. You'll see that. You'll see him again four years hence, I, I believe. And... Uh, He'll probably have a higher profile then because he he answered the call of the right donor. Um, and just think about how old Biden will be that time in four <laughs> years. Yeah, I don't think Biden very – you know, they always say he's smart. I always say I don't find him smart. And I certainly think if he's not smart, as we said at the beginning of the show, what's smart for you? Is it you can recite things or you text on the four or five? I think <laughs> I think Biden, equivoc- you know, in an equivocal manner, was texting on a four or five while moving, not <laughs> taking the prep work from his staff who said, listen, Christ, you got these segregation quotes uh, in the last two weeks. Somebody's making a run at you yeah. and we think it's the black woman. Here's the answer. You can see him saying, oh, I think I've been around this. Shut the fuck (laughs) up, Biden. That's his problem. As I've said, he speaks in braggadocio and cyclical, folks. The less he knows about something, the more he leans into it with that big Joe Biden. And you'll know when he's bullshitting an answer when he'll say, listen. It's at the beginning when he revs it up, he goes, "Okay, you got to speak knowledge here. Listen. And you're supposed to listen. Yeah. And every time he says, listen, I think here comes a shithead. And to think that this fucker would not prep for that tells you why you don't want to vote for him. Yeah. I mean, he he obviously, you know, knew he was the front runner there. And he just kind of stood there like, you know, guy who was super popular in high school. And then he goes to college like, hey, I remember all this great stuff I did. And everybody's yeah. like, yeah, we don't give a shit. You yeah. know, and we know that that was Obama. You know, you you, you just happened to be the, the guy there on this ticket. Glory days. <laughs> right. Exactly. Young man's life. Glory days. You want to know how he has to act like he's a, he knows everything is I'm telling you, you got to hatch a plan B when you start going bald at 27. <laughs> you know, when you think you're the coolest guy in the school and all of a sudden you're like, I'm fucking 27. I'm bald. I, I got to get a, 
I, I can't do plugs. They're putting them in with a three-hole punch yeah. right now. I'm not to tread water for a couple years here and see if Proxmire gets rid of the giant squid marks. And he jumped in as early as he could. He's that sort of moron. He's a moron here. The three reasons he's a moron. Uh, he got in at 29 into a bubble and acted cool in a bubble. And people say, well, it's a big bubble. I don't, he's, he's a small time fish in the world is the big pond. He's in politics. And if you get in early enough, you can be a shithead and be a first-time investor in a Ponzi. You know that. That's Biden at 29. Secondly, he, uh, he he stays in there for 45 years, for Christ's sake. Thirdly, you can tell he's that uptight that he would get uh, that he would know his uh, SAT scores. That all. <laughs> or whenever I hear somebody say, uh, "My IQ is," I don't even listen to the end of it because yeah. I don't. Once again, back to the who's smart, who's stupid. Anybody who knows their IQ to me is a drip. And uh, thirdly, like I said, when you go in on a procedure, folks, I've got five thousand hair plugs. I waited till it was right, and nobody can tell now. Even when I say this to you, people, he doesn't have hair. I'm telling you, I'd be as bald as fucking Alan Rankin's on L.A. Law. <laughs> but I waited till the right moment. Biden couldn't because his ego wouldn't allow him, and that's why to this day. And even when he's out there looking young, and I don't know, is he crazy gluing his eyes back? <laughs> he's looking very it. Herbert Long and Spartacus <laughs> to me. Something's up there. He looks, by by attempting, as I said earlier, I'm the one person you can look at, and he's a skinny fat guy. He's a young old guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he thinks he's a young old guy, but in a way, he went one click too far, and he's an old young guy now. <laughs> And they best not vote for him. I think he was slurring stuff, too. Was he tussened when I heard him talking? Was that just old? I think your drives wear down. But he, he sounded a little tussened to me. I thought it was uh, maybe uh, dried denture glue or something. Yeah. But uh, I think it's the same effect, yeah. Well, any anytime you come back two weeks later after talking about how you're not a guy who's going <laughs> to give in to this new trend and start groveling to Cory Booker, you're out. He's dead. Yeah. He doesn't realize it. Dead man walking. Sister Prejean. Um, all right, uh, that's the show. Thanks for listening to the Dennis Miller Option, exclusively on Westwood One. Tune in to new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on the Westwood One app, westwoodone.com, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember to rate, review, and share. Until next time, that's the show, and we are out of here.